Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Afternoon FM. Today, I am joined by Stevenson of Puzzlearium. Thank you for joining me, Stevenson. Of course, pleasure to be here. Uh, this man, I want to give you your flowers early on, bro. This man came from Fractal, or, or a referral from Fractal? Refer- referral from, from Fractal, yeah. And honestly, just came in, saw the spot, and like just snapped, bro. Like you, you fucking like did the thing. And then like, yeah, bro, I, I, I want to give you like your kudos and your flowers like really early on because like, it was, it was like, it, it's one, it's weird because like you see the social, like aspect to it and you see how like everybody starts to like like you like you went in as a beacon bro and it's, it was really inspiring it was really cool like too like is it because you're like you had like this perspective of like removal and you just like straight up improved like everything like just just all, off of your own like experience too it was oh, really i appreciate cool. that no no and everybody everybody appreciates you for like for the effort bro like that just wanted to give you your flowers early on but uh, we're going to go <laughs> on this episode of Afternoon M.M. We're going to go in a little bit of Stevenson's life, uh, his trials, his tribulations, his interests, and his, uh, yeah. But yeah, bro. Uh, so, yeah, sure. So, man, tell me, tell me a little bit about your early life. Like, where are you from? Um, where I'm from is a tricky question. So, um, I guess, uh, technically, uh, I'm from um, uh, Monterey, California. Okay. Um, I... Uh, my family moved pretty often. My dad was on the original team that brought PlayStation to the U.S. Really? Yep. He was on the original wow. team of 13. Um, he was in charge of sales. Are um, you uh, Are you a PlayStation kid? Are you a technically or no? Technically, yes, uh, because I um, uh, we, our household got a free copy of every single thing that they released. So what? Uh, what is your favorite PlayStation title? Um, so. Fun fact about that is that I, we actually own every single title from 1994 to 1996. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, 96 to 98. Um, and the thing is that for the longest time, I did not even play any of them because they were like in these big CD packs yeah. that were just stored away with the other CDs until eventually, like, a random friend came over at uh, one point and was like, dude, do you know what you have? And I was like, yeah, a bunch of CDs. Why? Uh, no, you don't understand. Um, and proceeded to show that like these are actually all games that you could play. Because my dad didn't talk at all about like all the stuff that he did. Yeah. He and was like secretive about working well, he wasn't, in the PlayStation. Not at all secretive. I think it was more of a thing where it's like he had a, sort of a, um, uh, a good uh, delineation between like what what work was and what family was and mm. he sort of like saw them as sort of different bubbles yeah even today he doesn't really talk very much about what he did there and i think it's because it was a lot of things that was a lot of high stress mm. for for things and he didn't really like to relive it very much um but uh yeah he he was um um on some of the pretty high, pretty high levels in various uh, city manufacturing plants huh so He'd go to, he'd go work at a plant for a while, and then after a while, Sony Corporate would be like, "Okay, uh, you guys need to move to a new plant somewhere else." So that's this turned into like moving every two years or so. Okay. So, yeah, we um, we actually moved to from um, from Monterey to New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, and what part of New Jersey? Yeah, I was afraid you'd ask that. Uh, I was two when we were here, so I don't exactly okay, fully re- okay. remember, right, but. Right. Um, uh, I definitely not super far from around here. Hmm. Close enough, the parents knew where uh, where Patterson was. Oh, okay. What was your What was your parents' reaction when you were like, "Yeah, I'm staying in Patterson"? They were like, "Oh, that's all right." Good yeah. luck. Good luck. Best. Yeah. Is uh, the perception of Patterson in the '90s a little bit? It still it still exists, but it's it not. was fine. They 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 weren't like, "Oh, uh, we 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 will do." Um, it's not Camden. 
Yeah, they, 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 they were not like, oh, we, we, we will uh, mourn the loss of our child because they are not long for this world. Nah, it's 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 weird, man. The the change in Patterson has been nuts, man. It's been like, I was a kid. I used to be a little scared of the spot too. I used to be like, oh wow, they're gonna mm. like fuck me up, and uh, it's not even like that. It's just a weird vibe. Mm. But uh, everybody is really cool as long as you're very, like, welcoming to it. It's a weird kind of a mix because, like, as I've been literally just walking from, like, the bus station to Prototype and back again is it's been a weird kind of a mix because I've had, like, drive-by compliments Mm. for things that I'm wearing. Mm. But then also, like... People Give me an example me. of these drive-by compliments. That's awesome. Yeah, like um, that—that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I was walking with a friend, um, and we, we, we were wearing um, uh, pretty nice clothing that I got from a good friend in uh, Denver, um, and uh, just more than one person would like roll down the window, and be like, "You guys look awesome," and then just continue driving. Word, and word. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I sure. Uh, but then at the same time, people screaming at us randomly, mm. or like uh, my friend likes, t- like, likes taking pictures, mm. and uh, when they took a picture, a picture of clearly not them, like just something else entirely, like a, a ceiling of something else, uh, uh, screamed to them, "Don't take any pictures." Yeah, sort of a thing, and, and like a lot of people giving us the stink eye for walking I, around. I had that happen for the second time, and it's weird because I take pictures of everybody in the city. Uh. That's like. Uh, it's like my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just try to take pictures of people in their natural states. Yeah. And uh, this is the second time I got caught, uh, like, in two, two, three years. And before that, I was in L.A. In L.A., I didn't really ever get caught. Mm-hmm. But the first one was a mattress owner on, on like, Market Street. The second one, I got a, I actually put it in the Discord mm-hmm. arts share. Shout out to you again, bro. You managed to port everybody over to Discord, and everybody's anxiety is a little bit lower. Honestly, this is half a Flowers episode of how fucking (laughs) awesome Stevenson is. He's like, he made a lot of changes, like, for the better. I like helping people. You can tell, bro. You're fucking awesome. Um, But uh, I I shared that one photo of the kid on the bicycle in the art chair. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so, like, right after that, you know, I was feeling myself. I knew what I got. I was like, oh, I got some heat right now. Yeah. And then I'm walking by, and then he's like these like two little hoodlum kids like smoking a blunt. So I love the uh, the Apple Air Max headphones because like I can like fumble around with them and pretend I'm like you know I'm like looking for a song or on a call so, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go and I have my camera app, and I'm walking like this, and I snap like two pictures like this to like raise the volume. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two kids get up and they're like, Yo, what the fuck, yo, yo, did you just take pictures of us? Just record us? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm changing the song. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I like go and I have like YouTube music like pulled up. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. It's, it's, it's weird. So it's smooth. dangerous, dangerous, smooth, dangerous. But it worked twice. It worked twice. But the the first one was the mattress guy. And like, they, yeah. you know, what are they gonna do? They're gonna fight you. What are they gonna be like? Yo, no, check your recent apps. I. It, I'm like, yeah, bro. I use the fucking camera. It's the most used app on the fucking iPhone. Yeah, but but <laughs> but, but also at the same time, it's like I I um that I've never seen that kind of d- defensiveness. I don't know. You know, maybe some people are fucking. I don't know. I get I get a little defensive sometimes. And it's weird because I feel like it's a little hypocritical. Well, if you think you're doing something wrong. I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong. I just hate my image on, on well, the no, I mean, camera. If, if someone's like taking a picture of you in your fridge you're so, you, you, and you're doing like something that you think you might get caught for. Maybe, yeah. I think those, kids, smoking, those kids were smoking a blunt and they I was got gonna like say, paranoid. It, like, oh, marijuana's not legal here, right? Weed isn't even illegal. They're just, uh, they're just fucking kids that want to be aggressive, bro. Mm. Or like one guy was just like... The first guy was defensive for no fucking reason, but like, you know... Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful yeah. photo. The first yeah. one was a beautiful photo. The kids fucking suck. Anyway, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to get off track. But yeah, no, you're was, good. No, isn't that uh, kind of the point? <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, so how's your experience been outside of it? It's just been like, it's been mostly prototype though. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I mean, so like my experience, sort of like being outside of prototype. Just in general, just just being in Patterson. Oh, being in Patterson overall. Yeah, no, it, it's. I, I definitely think that my Patterson's. Um, I can feel a lot of potential in yeah. it. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I can feel a lot of like sort of potential energy to it. it it's, it's, um, 
it's definitely been like prototype is a really cool place like yeah. the uh it, it's got an amazing sort of vibe to it um but uh as far as walking around i've, I've really not i i i have not been encouraged to uh, head outside of it very often, with the exception of like excursions to the city or something. Yeah, fair enough. It's uh, it's weird, man. There's like, there are certain hot spots in the city. Like South Patterson's really, really nice. East Side's kind of it gets it gets its like moments, but like surrounding areas like meh. Uh, but like, I, I like downtown. I like downtown because I like the feeling of like it's like I'm in the city and mm. like it's like a very like it's like a rush. Mm. And then, uh, but like the outskirts are like very. It's very residential outside of downtown, yeah. and South Patterson just has like a very ethnic spot. And so, so does downtown with the Peruvians, the Peruvians, the Dominicans, and the, and the Arabs. Man, are like mm. they have like so much of like they like they have like there's certain spots. And when you hit the street. It's, uh, you're, like, kind of in, like, a different world a little bit. Like, I mean, like, Los Mortales is, like, if you want to get, like, it's, like, going to Mitsua. I think that's what it's called. Mitsua is the spot in Edgewater that's a Japanese market. Okay. You haven't been in New Jersey that long. Okay. We're going to, we got to go back to this man's early life. So I, was gonna say, I was going to say, bro, 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 broski, I've, I, I have been I know, as I an like, adult like, in this entire part of the country for a grand total of, like, a month and, and two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going back, man. So, uh, so you, so you're here at two, and your dad was working for the PlayStation Factory. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And 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 then and then we just mo- uh, and then we we proceeded to move to uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, which is the second biggest city in Indiana. Where? Um, is Fort Wayne the first one? Uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay. Fort Wayne's got to be up there. Though. Fort Wayne is like somewhere. Uh, I, 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 it's, here's the thing, all right? You have Indianapolis is where everybody is. Okay. Then you've got Terre Haute, which is where everybody who doesn't like Indianapolis is. Um, uh, and then you've got, like, Bloomington, which is a surprisingly nice suburb of Indianapolis. Mm. Um, so Indianapolis is just the hub of Indiana. Uh, yeah, and then everywhere else in Indiana. Okay. Which is on the exact same level. Okay. Which is basically, like, corn. Corn. It's just corn. Yeah, there's a funny thing is that there are like two theme parks in in uh, Indiana in, in Indiana. Yeah, and one of them is uh, and uh, Indiana Dunes. Uh, their theme, their uh, motto is "There's more than corn in Indiana," mm. as if to imply that everybody thinks there's just corn in Indiana because there kind of only is. It's like your Idaho potato. Yeah. It, yeah, m- more or less. The, it, it, it's it's a really big agricultural s- sort sort of area, mm. and it's flat everywhere. Mm. Um, it it is lovely, especially come the uh, like fall and winter. You get the Golden Falls. Mm. Um, golden which, Falls, as, as in the fall. The, uh, the fall turns oh, everything like golden. Oh, like how everything is fucking. Yeah, the leaves change. Ah, uh, it's gotta be beautiful. Yeah, and it's it, and it's it's really really nice. I, I, I had some some uh, Calvin and Hobbes um, uh, style uh, uh, falls and winters around there. Right. Um, from there, moved to Oregon. Um, uh-huh. um, and then stayed there for for a while, and then from there back to, to Terre Haute again, um, and then from there to uh, North Carolina, um, where I got stuck in uh, Patterson, New Jersey. Ladies and yeah, gentlemen. that's that's lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I really wish that road tor- torpedoes were a thing. So, oh yeah. So. Um, but. Um, but yeah, uh, where I got stuck there for seven years in Earl, North Carolina. Do you like it? Did you? Was it like a? Was this like Gandhi's prison? I have a low opinion of Earl, North Carolina. Okay. And right. and I am confident in saying that in public because nobody here will have ever heard of Earl, North Carolina, because okay. Earl is a small town that no one's ever heard of outside of Shelby, North Carolina. Okay. Shelby... Which I didn't even know there was a Shelby, North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Um, people in Shelby have never heard of Earl. Um, and Shelby is kind of, sort of, close to Charlotte, North Carolina, okay. which is the biggest... Which is the second biggest city in North Carolina. Carolina. Is it the biggest? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the biggest, but not the capital. Okay. What uh, are your interests during these times? Like, what, uh, what are you getting into? 
I'm sorry. What are you getting into at these times? Like when you're like, well, at that, see, like you see, like you have like kind of like the life of like a military brat, but like you're like a Sony brat. A yeah, bit. basically. So, um, um, around uh, around the time that I was in North Carolina, I was very much so that what so I actually my lifetime goal and ambition has basically never changed since I was 12 years old. Okay. Um, and that is to own a theme park. Okay. Um, is this still a current goal? Yes. All right, where, bro? Um, uh, or at least something very close to a theme park, or, or spiritually equivalent to a theme park. I'm assuming this is the road to escape room. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, the uh, a lot of people will talk about like, oh, when I was a kid, I wanted to do to like be a be a firefighter, and then I realized that like, actually, the pay is kind of garbage. Uh, or I wanted to be a, 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 a an astronaut, and then I realized that like, U.S. isn't sending people to space anymore, mm. uh, or so on and so on. Um, I, when I was very young, realized that I wanted to own a theme park. I still want to own a theme park. Mm. Um, I've, I've what part? What parts of a theme park? Like I, I know this. Like I know this design escape rooms, but like, like what made you really want to go down that route? Was it like you were just on Nitro one day and was like, yeah, this is. Like I this played shit. way too much Roller Coaster Tycoon. Okay. All right. Fair. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I played that. I, I found that game when uh, uh when i was like um seven eight years old and it was like this is my shit yeah so hard i <laughs> from that point on i was That's never scary. i never had to be taught like how to work with money um some uh, uh i never had to worry about like digital money the yeah. numbers on the screen matter because yeah. if the numbers go to zero i can't build a roller coaster anymore yeah um and so, <laughs> like, that was the whole sort of through line for the whole thing. And then when I was, like, um, I, I think it actually was when I was seven years old, I went to the other theme park in Indiana, which is called Holiday World and Splash and Safari. Hmm. And it's this little family-owned theme park and somehow still family-owned. It's one of the very few independent theme parks that still exist on their own. And they are in a, in a place called Santa Claus, Indiana. Mm. And uh, it turns out there was actually a shtick that um, theme parks had in like the the um, the, the the middle of the twentieth century, mm. um, in which they would be like, "This is where Christmas happens," mm. sort of place. And Christmas theme parks, they were a thing. There were like twenty of them. It's very strange. Mm. But this there's a whole town that committed to the bit. Uh, really? And in fact, they they have a thing where if a child writes to Santa Claus North Pole and puts it into the mailbox, it'll go to Santa Claus, Indiana, where a team of elderly volunteers will open the envelope, read it, and if there's a return address, send back replies. Damn. And in fact, if they can figure it out, they will also send a separate letter to the parents telling the kids what they want. Oh, that's, um, that's that's an insane service. And the idea, and and in fact, if the child forgets to put postage on it, they've they've made a deal with the U.S. Post Office that they'll pay for the postage. Mm. The reason for it is because that means that then um, it's for for the tourism industry. Yeah. The idea being is that the parents are so enamored with this that they'll be like, "All right, let's go meet Santa Claus in Indiana." In in Santa Claus, Indiana. That is. That is a very elaborate click funnel. Yeah, but um, it works. I, no, I'm just saying it, it works though. It works like every so everybody is committing to the bit. Yeah, huh. uh, it's a whole town that is built like a German hamlet, sort of a thing. <laughs> like, and it's like it's Christmas all year round, kind of a thing. Holy and shit. they have a theme park there called Holiday World and Splash and Safari. And it's open all year, or is it only very it, open? Uh, so much to my annoyance, and frankly, uh, very disappointingly, snow closes it uh, at, at the end of the season That's in funny. October. So it's like they're not even open during Christmas. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I agree, but you know what? <laughs> but at the end of the day, they are just a theme park. Theme park is kind of the thing, and nobody goes to a theme park in in you know like December. Mm. Um, but. Unless they're in Florida, in which case, hi Mickey, how you doing? Yeah. Um, but, but no. See, here's the thing, right? Is that they? Um, I was walking around um, Holiday World, and it was, um, and I actually met 
the actual owner of the theme park. Her name was Pat Koch, mm. um, and the and she's just this elderly woman, uh, like she was like a grandma, basically walking around. And I knew she was the owner because I'd already researched the company at mm. time. It's a family-owned company. She's the owner. Of, she's the family. She's the matriarch. So you, 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 would you describe yourself as like a connoisseur of like theme parks that you go and you're like, you seek out the theme parks to go and like scout? Sort of. This is like your art. It's more the case that I can't ever turn off. Um, like if I'm, if you ever bring me to any sort of like escape room or theme park or anything, I will start, um, you start looking at it in a technical, I will reflexively start verbalizing my opinions on their construction. Shout out to Roller Coaster Tycoon, you legend of the goddamn game. <laughs> you yeah. know what you birthed? I it's so great because the whole time I was like, okay, I recognize this, I recognize that. Oh, they built it like this because that this way would be way too expensive otherwise. Yeah. Sort of a thing. Um, huh. And so I, when I met Pat Koch, and I was like, wait, you're the owner? And it's like, yes, I am. And I was like, oh, okay. At that point, that did something very important to me. It showed me that person who owns a theme park is a real job that can exist somewhere hmm. and that was the thing that made me go like that's a pretty good thing and then five years later when i was trying when i people when you know when you're like in your preteens and no one shuts up to you about asking what are you gonna do when you grow up what are you yeah. gonna do when you grow up and it's like i maybe fuck you did you ever think about that fuck you yeah. i'm gonna be a theme park <laughs> and yeah that's exactly what i was going to like that's a real job I'm going to make that my job. I'm going to do that. And no one's going to stop me. No one's and this stop. is like 13. I w- when I was 14 years old, I dressed up in a suit and briefcase, went to the local mall um, in order to try to look into leasing options for um, building an arcade in one of the uh, dead spots of the mall. And I got in. That's my boy. <laughs> I got in. There was a ve- very, awesome. it was a very bewildered real estate agent who was like, "I mean, I'm not going to say no to a potential weird sale." So, okay, I guess. So you had an arcade when you were 14. I tried. The bank was like, "Go fuck yourself." Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, you know what it reminded me of? Can we see the little rascals? Uh, I have not. Right, I, oh I, yes, yes. I dumped all of my culture points into games at the expense of all TV, all movies. I, f- I forgot about this conversation. Stevenson has never seen Back to the Future, or or, or like a lot of reference your, points, man. You were dear like, listener, think of your favorite movie. I haven't seen it, um, and so now feel free to gasp audibly. Uh, <laughs> you know, imagine there's like a two-way communication. People are like, ah, like out of the mic. Soon, Sud- suddenly there's a, there's a giant disturbance in the nerds. <laughs> um, uh, and it's not because I hate them or, or anything along those lines. But Just I, w- you, you're a focused man, bro. I don't do passive entertainment very often. Mm. Um, mm. Um, and it's not because I hate it. It's literally just because I'm never not working. Mm. Um, because if my work is going properly, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. I just, I, my shit was like, I, I got really moved by a film and I was like, this is totally going to be like a lifestyle that I'm going to, like kind of like seeing, as a photographer and a musician, and I saw Barry Lyndon, and it like it kind of was like that, like oh, this is like a real job. And I'm like, oh, like I don't have to sacrifice anything to be mm-hmm. an artist. It's like, you know, it's just it's learning more things and not having to be like I'm in this. Like my thing was like I didn't want to be so like I am this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wanted like everything I learned. Like I really liked learning. So like learning about film and learning about photography was like it was like filmmaking was like oh this is everything dude like was, I found out I was I found out that movies were just photography when I was like 21 bro yeah and I was like I was a photographer at the time I was like oh, I was doing yeah, stills cool. and like yeah just seeing it man and the difference between uh, yeah it's 24 pictures a second yeah 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 but I was I wasn't uh, I wasn't really aware of it I was like I was like oh this is just like television or this is just movies it was just a whole totally different thing yeah but cool yeah, man so. So what are, what are your steps after like after leasing this arcade? Uh, 
as as clarification, I did I never got to lease the arcade because well I did build a solid business plan and put it all together. Mm. Um, for some reason, the bank wasn't interested in in, uh, in giving a uh, sixty thousand dollar loan to a fourteen year old. Mm. Um, and uh, for the record, the bank has never given me a loan since, so mm. still fuck them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, but. Um, uh, but no, um, that 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 venture didn't really go anywhere uh, because um, I was in Shelby, North Carolina, is the main sort of area I was. the The appetite for local entertainment was dead. Mm-hmm. Closest you could get was basically like one paintball place was kind of all the entertainment that entire town could support. Oh. Um, um, I then uh, I was. Um, but I was able to, as a bit of a bright spot, um, I, 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 um, I never really got along really well with anybody in school, mm-hmm. uh, in, in general, partially because I, I was diagnosed with Asperger's, mm-hmm. um, but mostly because I could jump around a lot, and also because the feeling was mutual. I wasn't very interested in them either. Mm. Um, and so... What I wound up doing was that I was lucky enough to discover a loophole mm. in the North Carolina educational system that allowed me to skip high school and go straight to college. Mm. Um, so I went uh, through ninth grade in regular in regular high school, uh, but then I discovered that you can if you claim yourself as a homeschool student, mm. you can do dual enrollment, and that means that you can go to high school and college at the same time. But if your high school happens to be homeschool, then you can just go to college the whole time, all while making full credits. Okay, all right, man. Skip, man, beat the game. So basically, <laughs> I got to, I went to college, uh, community college, mm-hmm. um, at at tenth grade, and didn't do eleventh or twelfth. Um, Yo, what? I, I, I skipped tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade by just um, going to college instead. Um, Damn. and so, um, I, and so I was sitting down, um, at the college and be like, all right, so what classes do I need, need to take? And no one answered me. And I was like, wait, is no one watching me? Yeah. Can I take whatever I want? Yeah. Oh shit. No one's stopping me. All right, fuck, let's go. Yeah. And so I proceeded to take welding, uh, chemistry, uh, biology, filmmaking, um, uh, radio producing, mm. um, uh, sociology, um, and, and um, especially the audit of welding was very helpful too. Mm. Um, uh, electrical engineering, uh, like a laundry list of things. Because since I was a dual enrollment thing and I, I was being uh, subsidized, I got to pay basically nothing for all of it. Mm. And so that's fuck. I actually have I have two degrees worth of credit hours and no degree Uh, (laughs) do you feel like you feel like community like it's weird I don't have a degree either I was was talking about this last night I've been to school like four fucking times and like I major in something different every single time I go Mm. and I like I don't know. I'm like, there's the fucking, like, all right, I want my bachelor's and go mm-hmm. get my master's. And there's, like, that whole thing. And it's like, I don't feel like I learn shit if I just don't apply it after two years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, like, a year and a half. Like, it's like, if I'm not going to, like, I get, I still keep the concepts of it. Because the basics concepts just, like, help you in, like, your life. Absolutely. Yeah. But, like, and that's th- the main thing, really. Yeah, I don't really, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, dude, you have to get a thesis. Well, you like, can why? look it up later on, you like know. Just personal training. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm definitely of the opinion. So, like, my, um, um, my parents both have advanced degrees, um, and uh, they've been incredibly supportive of all the stuff that I've been doing, mm. and especially after the 2008 recession and mm. job, and and getting a job was really difficult, and everything just sort of like hit the fan, total shitter, yeah. sort of a thing. When what pa- were you during the recession? Oh God! Are you, so like 2000, 18, 2008, How old are you? Two, 2008, uh, 18, uh, 18, 2008, That would have been uh, I. You know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15, 16. Mm. S- 17 th- th- thereabouts i was in college okay. at that point i had oh, that's so crazy bro. i graduated to uh unc charlotte huh. basically 
Uh, you're like, congratulations, you made it in. And it's like, you let anybody in with a pulse. Like, mm. I'm not impressed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a community college. No, that was a university. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the uh, University of North Carolina at Charlotte. Um, go financially responsible college. We uh, so fourteen. Damn, sixteen. You're in like a full fledged university. Yeah, bro, you're fucking. And so, like, I'm, 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 um, um, I'm there for a while. Um, I I declare a uh, major in computer science mm. uh, because. UNC Charlotte was one of only two colleges in the entire state that had a game design course. Mm. At this point in time, I was like, I'm going to get into video game design. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do like video game, game st- stuff. And then I learned pretty... This is during the Indiepocalypse. Um, which, oh, like during like... Uh, dude, give, me, give me some games. Like so, Limbo? Like Limbo uh, maybe could That be was the them. Indie boom. Okay. That's what heralded the beginnings of the Indiepocalypse. Okay. The Indiepocalypse was when all of a sudden everyone was like, oh, wait, hang on, the Indie Boom's a bust. Um, because Steam let had, had green light happen, hmm. which basically meant that like anybody can get on, which meant that everybody got on. Okay. Um, and so they called it the quote-unquote Indiepocalypse because the actual revenue that each individual game was getting was, going, was tanking like crazy. Hmm. Now, in retrospect, my concern about jumping into the market at that point in time was unfounded. Um, it's actually way, way harder now um, because since it's been so heavily democratized, good thing. Mm. Um, it means that if you want to succeed as a, as a uh, game designer creator, that's rough. Um, so I was, in the, I, I, was in, I was in game design uh, in that college, and then, they, they, and then the university just unceremoniously ended my major mm-hmm. halfway through it. Being like, okay, so listen, the only two people that teach this uh, got hired by a game, game company so get it's, fucked get fucked <laughs> uh, shout like, out to UNC Charlotte and it's like okay so that <laughs> so then what do I do now well we've got this amazing new career lined up in um, uh, computer security okay oh security great I love cybersecurity. yeah you can work for Bank of America yeah. what yeah no you see Almost all of our graduates wind up going to uh, the Banking Triangle, which is these three banks that hang out in Raleigh, North Carolina. One of which, and the main one that's hiring here is Bank of America. So you can go work for Bank of America. Oh, yay! I I hate Bank of America <laughs> uh, and everything they stand for. Um, that's fun. Can we do anything else? I mean, no. Oh, great. Um. Meanwhile, while this is happening, I am watching this tiny little reviewer site uh, called Shut Up and Sit Down. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, they are probably by gross amount of revenue going into them and also people watching them, the most popular board game reviewers in the world. Mm. Um, they have surpassed Dice Tower, I think, like a couple of years ago. But like, their conventions are huge. They do huge stuff. They're very well known. Um, at the time, they were basically nobody. Mm. Uh, but um, I was I was watching them pretty closely. I liked them a lot. Um, and they put out and they normally do video reviews, and then they put out like, and then they put out like uh, text reviews of things they don't think aren't very important or very interesting. And they put out a text review on their website about this thing called an escape room mm. uh, in 2013. And it was this sort of big thing. And the reviewer said, yeah, this is garbage. It's the stupidest thing I've ever done. Um, and I was like, sold. Uh, <laughs> and I dropped out of, co- uh, out of college, moved to um, San Diego uh, for the explicit purpose of opening an escape room. Mm. Um, and then I proceeded to work my ass off. And then in October of 20. 20- 14, I opened the first escape room in San Diego, and pr- somewhere between the 18th to the 26th escape room in the United States. Really? Um, huh. How do you... Did you find out about, like, the, the community of, of escape rooms? Like, is it like... What is, the, what, what is, what is that like? What is the There's scene? no community... I have a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask, like, what makes a good game? 
Well, as, I was going to say, as, as I'd, be happy to talk about, I'd be happy to talk about that, but uh, that is a whole separate topic. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm uh, like, I was going to ask, I'm like, what makes like a great game? I was like, I, as, I, as a game designer. It's do you want really, me to get into that or do you want to talk about escape rooms? I still want to talk about escape rooms, but I really want, I'm going to get back to that question. A little all right, later. all right. I, I want to hear that. Yeah, so. From your perspective, because I feel like you're a great artist of like, game, like you're very, you're very complex thinker. I appreciate that, yeah. It's yeah. uh, you're like, I feel like you have all the steps like logistically planned before you do, but like you're you're like you're like on point, bro. Yeah. So like uh, in regards to the community of escape rooms, there was literally none when I started because I was the first, mm. a- at least in in my in my city, and frankly in my in, in that entire half of California. Monopoly, bro. Um, yeah. So basically, what wound up happening was is that um, I basically I knew this was a thing. I, I, at the time, I was convinced it was going to be a fad, actually. And, si- and since it's a fad, it means you got to move fast. Mm. Um, first in, first out. That's oh. how you win on a, on a fad. Uh, and so, my, but because um, I had had an idea sort of kind of like this. Uh, do you remember I Spy, the I Spy books? Yes, I do. So, there was a uh, computer game called I Spy Spooky Mansion, based off the book yes, of the same I, name. I remember this, and it was weird, because I feel like I picked one up in the Scholastic Book Fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm wrong with that. No, that almost certainly. They were big with Scholastic. Okay, cool. All right, word. Um, and my, I love those books when I was Yeah, that was a great book. The computer games were sick, too, actually. Huh. They were as good as the books. Word. Um, and I remember wow. playing... That's a nostalgia piece that I fucking totally yeah fucking, yeah uh, I flaked on that man that's crazy the um and the thing is is that like I Spy Spooky Mansion specifically was cool because you went in and then the game locked you in the mansion mm. and you had to solve I Spy riddles in order to get out of the mansion mm. um uh, mind you from like a theme perspective the way you get out is questionable up the chimney as a ghost question mark uh but anyways. Um, the um, but the thing with it was, is I was thinking like, man, that'd be sick to do in real life. But like, how does that work exactly? Because mm. if you can't pitch something, you can't make it exist. Mm. Um, from a sustainable artistry perspective, if you cannot easily pitch something, you can't have it. This is true. This is this is the most honestly, bro. It's weird. Because when I was in screenwriting class and shit, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things they tell you is the log line. Like, you have to have an elevator pitch of mm-hmm. your idea. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, but it's so much more than that. I was like, really? It's defensive. so much more than that. Great. All right. That's, that's built into matter. a good idea. Dude, people are sending me scripts now. And I'm like, dude, if you don't have, like, a good log line, I'm like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. have the time. Yeah. I it, would love to give you the time, but I don't have the time. And even if I do have the time, it's really hard to give you the time. Yeah, it, it can, because the reality is, is that if, if you do have the time, that time is going to be better spent somewhere else. Word. Um, and so, and, and so the, the thing is, if you have a thing that has a lot more to it, great, but you better have a good like line to go yeah, with you, it. You have to definitely hook people within the yeah. first like, pitch. But continue, sorry about that. Yeah, but no, absolutely. Is that like... Because the thing is, like, hey, do you want to come to my facility or wherever it is, play a, play a, um, an ice spy riddle? Question mark. Maybe I, I possibly it's kind of weird. And and then, like, once you have found all the things, which how do I make sure you found them all? Uh, Um, you get to do another one, go deeper into a mansion. Like, that's not a terrible idea i could maybe find a way of making that work but it's not a strong pitch Mm. um and then i heard about escape rooms which is literally like very similar vein but then it's like all right you're locked in a room for one hour find uh, um figure find out a way to get out Mm. go oh shit that's totally different because now the pitch is so snappy it's like well what, what i do in the room you try to find a way out yeah. Well, yeah, but like, why do I want to get find a way out? Do you want to be in here forever? Uh, <laughs> You've added stakes. So no, not really. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm. You're invested because it's a false sense of danger. Mm. It's the sort of uh, haunt, It's a, It's like the the haunted house scare sort of a thing where yeah. it's like people are a little bit sort of like, like ooh, like no one thinks you're really gonna get murdered when you're in there, but like it's a sort of excitement to like, yeah, but I can trick myself and think that I am gonna be. Yeah. yeah. 
Nobody thinks it's scenery. It's scenery. It's like it's weird. There's a lot of sense of storytelling in all of this. Exactly. That's exactly. Crazy, and so when you walk into a room and then you hear the bam of the door behind you and the sound of a lock being turned, it's like, well, we're not really trapped in here, but mm. like, boy, this sure feels like we are. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, it's like, okay, we've got to use our wits to find a way to get out. And here's the genius part about it. That simple pitch hooks you, and it buys you more time to get more complicated stuff to work in it. And that's a really a- important aspect of sales and marketing in general, is that for each thing that you do, it buys you an additional handful of seconds to do more things. So, like... When you, like, for example, that, that line, that, that, uh, you said, said it was a hook line, a lag log line? line? Log line, log line. Log line. Um, so the log line isn't job is not to make you really want to read the whole story. Yeah. The job it's of it. hook you. Yeah. Well, the job of it is to buy you 45 seconds of attention mm. so that with those 45 seconds, you can see if you should go deeper. And then that 45 seconds job is to hook you again mm. for an, a, a longer pull until eventually you're like, okay, I'm willing to sit down and read a, a book yeah. about this because I've been so well hooked by this and I'm really interested in seeing where it goes. Mm. Same thing for escape rooms. You walk into them and it's like, all right, so what's the objective? Get out. It's bam. The door closes. Yeah. Okay, well, what are we doing now that we're here? Well, Hey, this this drawer like pushes into the wall? Question mark. What's going on with that? Mm. Um, well, now you want to know why that is, and then from there it like hooks more and mo- you more and more and deeper and deeper mm. until eventually late in the game you are trying to ch- choose between fifteen different options, doing long division to try to like solve this pro- uh, th- this this problem, these series of things, so that you can get out before the buzzer goes off. Oh. Um, at least in a, in a simple escape room. Some of my more uh, more complicated ones have like a lot more mechanics in them. Uh, like, hmm, that's like like give me give me some of the mechanics that that are like that would work within this thing. Like like you said, where like a drawer was like pushing inward rather than outward. Like that's like an right. Yeah, I I make puzzle like furniture rev- too. It like reveal shit. So it's like yeah. It's so it's so how do you? What gives you the inspiration to dis- like? Is it like a sense of surrealism where it's like you know, like that's like that's like a surrealist object of like oh, pushing yeah. a fucking drawer in. Like, do you do you get like inspired by art? Or are you just like just freestyling? Like, you get like this yeah. section of the escape room, and how does this really work in layout? Like, it's like like we're coming in here, and it's just a kind of like a walkthrough experience. So, uh, multiple questions in that. Um, Sorry. <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to start with, in terms of like how I actually make things, um, generally speaking, I start with a bunch of pieces and parts. Um, I will make modules and parts that, like, this takes in a lock, and, this, and, it, uh, and then it will give out a key. Now, it can be a literal lock and key, but a key can be a lot more than just like a thing that's like a, a piece of metal. Mm-hmm. You can, a key can be, for example, a string of words and, and numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a tool that you need in order to pull something out. A key can be a magnet mm-hmm. that you use to reach behind something and pull up something else. Mm-hmm. Um, a key is any object that you can use to unlock a lock. And a lock can be an, a literal lock, but it can also be um, a number lock. It can be a weird mechanism that requires a ball inside of it that can like s- uh, that, that you like hit a lever and it zips it up hmm. to um, to activate something. Um, and so what I do is I make keys and locks, and then I will often we're making a traditional linear escape room anyways. Uh, the, the process is different for non-linear escape rooms and immersions, that is, room experiences. Hmm. Uh, but if you're making a traditional linear escape room, a generation one or two escape room, the um, you can um, um, uh, I personally get a bunch of those locks and, pu- uh, 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 locks and keys, and then I weave them together in the way that makes the most sense. Hmm. I generally, uh, my style of escape room is to have a small number of very difficult puzzles, hmm. as opposed to most escape rooms, which has a large number of very easy things to do, but there's so much of it to do that you've got to move very quickly if you want to get out of the room. Hmm. Um, I, I love to have, like, fast points where it's like, oh my gosh, this is opening and this is opening and now we got put this and put that and now we're stuck at this. 
We know we've got all the parts for it, but we're too stupid to figure it out. Mm. Just smash your head against it for long enough, and then eventually you may need to ask for a hint or something in order to get past it. You never need a hint for my stuff, but it's a. Uh, but I like to have those things where it's like someone has a flash of insight, and then it's like, okay, now we get to keep moving again, mm. sort of a thing. And then I usually space it out where we have things to do mixed with a stumper. Hmm. Uh, and I usually have like five or so stumpers in a one-hour escape room. Hmm. Uh, my, my puzzles usually are, are around 65 to 85 steps to uh, get out of the room. Hmm. Do, you, do you edit a lot? Like, like I, I'm just wondering, like, like during this, an escape room... I'm sure there's like somebody who just like supervises the people as they go along the maze. Um, it's like this weird. Yeah, my rooms are always hosted. Yeah, um, so what does that what does that mean? There's a an actor, trained actor that's in the room with you. Oh, okay. Um, and more often than not, that was me actually. Okay. Uh, I actually spent the entire first half of my twenties sitting in the corner of an eight foot by ten foot room. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and I mean all of them in terms of like I took no days off. Yeah, uh, you uh, really immerse yourself in your work, man. You're fucking like. It was really important to like uh, keep the bottom line going. Um, no, that's that's the path of an entrepreneur, bro. You fucking like. That's why, bro. I got, I got an insane amounts of respect for you, bro. Like just appreciate my, that. Yeah, no, seriously, just just like just like in terms of like talent and fucking like and risk and fucking shit I have an enormous amount of respect for you bro it's fucking you're sick dude you're really cool dude yeah uh, yeah man um, continue continue on so like uh, you're, you're in like an 8 by 10 room like uh, so there's trained actors that go in like if like what if somebody is really trapped in the room or some shit or if it's well like we monitor the um, I call them puzzle masters uh, mm-hmm. they uh, they monitor the experience of people and they'll often give like little subtle hints like li- like little bits of like pushing or nudging mm-hmm. that like, like we have hey, a, it's over here well a little laser pointer okay all right um, that sort of helps with things but when the when the team as a whole decides yes we need a hint. Um, then it's my job to like give you a hint that is just good good enough to unstuck you, mm. but not the answer. Mm. Um, because lazy escape rooms, uh, generally what they do is they will give you a walkie-talkie, yeah. and there'll be a guy that's watching four escape rooms at once, um, usually playing Bejeweled or something, um, um, and they'll not be paying attention. Watching four escape rooms at once, so is mm-hmm. it... Are you talking about like four different over radio cam over cameras? Okay, but is is it the same layout? Like rocking the same more side? often than not, it's it's like copies of the same escape room. Okay, or they're like four different escape rooms, sort of thing. It, it's, that's what a normal facility does. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like I was like you got to be approaching those shits like canvases at that point. Right, right. And so the idea is that like they watch all of them, which is very economically efficient. And huh. looking back on it, I should have done something closer to this, just because making money off of these things is really hard when you have a highly trained actor in the room at all times. Yeah. Per ex- experience. Yeah. Huh. Financially, that was not a great idea. Um, <laughs> but um, this is the roller coaster tycoon that you're talking about. Oh boy, you know it, it's, <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. it's it's one of those things where it's like I I mean you know it, I, I I make about as much as a creative does. Yeah, um, uh, you are creative, bro. and that's a creative. And that's, like it's we're talking creative of a path that was creative. We're talking truth, poverty but. line here, though. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Even even when even when I was like like uh, having sale, sales in all the time, like it, it was not financially super viable because mm. a I was stupid and for a long time didn't raise my prices. Should have, because mm. the moment I did, nothing changed. Like yeah. all uh, all that stuff was exactly the same. So I, I should have raised my prices way earlier. Mm. Um, and then the second thing was that I was so heavily tra- so exacting on training people. Uh, and then I didn't uh, wind up uh, paying my actors enough because mm. I paid them roughly what I paid me, um, which was no, nowhere near enough. Yeah. Um, but um, I should have raised prices even more and increased and increased the um, the, uh, the amount they they take home because mm. uh, they all cared deeply about what I did. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like if you can't you're not paying someone a living wage, yeah. how are they, how are they, can you expect them to continue doing anything? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I, 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 I should I should have done that, but there was not enough money in the budget at the time, and that was because I was dumb and didn't raise prices. Mm. Uh, but you know, hindsight and all that. I mean, did you learn and you grow and eat with each like thing? Yeah. But honestly, bro, like you fucking you paved like 
you paved a road like in that like market like you're like you're the first escape room in san diego dude. yeah there there were 32 before covid closed What's Actually, up? there were 32 escape rooms with, uh, right before covid made, made people close yeah yeah that's that's just no but like just going in and having the balls to like create a market bro is is that's like that's balls bro yeah yeah serious it, but like going and like assembling a team and it's it's such a like like with fucking like actors and shit like you know you can like always pull from sag after you could pull from like different you know what i mean and everybody well, hypothetically wants, like, if you got a budget yeah but yeah well you you could do that but too but there's also people that are just willing to like you know crack their neck it's like the I, f- I don't know i don't know i feel like that uh like the escape room like scene i don't know like it's i mean but then again it's just actor in general right well, yeah, like, primarily like, that. Yeah, it, 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 huh. if if you're the sort of it, um, it's sort of the sleep no more style actor more mm-hmm. than the um, uh, rather than the like regular sort of actor, um, immersive entertainment. Uh, like, it it reminds actor. me of, like medieval times. A little bit. Yeah, like that it, kind of guy. It, uh, m- much more that kind of vibe. Right, uh, right. People that um, hear about the opportunity to interact with the general public and scare them and get paid for it. Um, is basically it's that kind of actor. Okay, okay, all right, weird. Ah, I've I've been that actor. Bro. I've been that actor before. That's uh, that's it. It's, it's it's cool, bro. It's just like, but just like going in and fucking making that man is like you know, I don't know. What yeah. uh, want to go back, man? What 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 actually makes a great game? Because like you're talking uh, like during game designer, I feel like, like yeah, it trickles into mm. this, but you like applied shit that you learn in game design but game design is like it's more of a tech standpoint going into so like game design um is a it's definitely like very close in flavors to artistic pursuits but it's definitely like distinct from it in that it's more in the design side than the art side mm. um and what um when it comes to so game design most game designers are programmers because no one hires a game designer, mm-hmm. um, but people do hire programmers. Mm-hmm. And any any project that you're making that that is like a video game or like on those lines, um, the programmer and the desi- game designer better be the same person mm-hmm. or or close to or very very close communication. Yeah, or it's like it's, or, yeah. there's so much loss in communication. Well, because the thing about game design is that it's really weird in that like unlike a lot of other artistic pursuits, it doesn't exist until people do it. Mm. Um, like you can write a screenplay, mm-hmm. and you can you can like give it to, give it to actors and have them act it out and be like, oh, actually that was kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, but that's not usually how that works. It's usually more like you know what more or less what it's gonna be like, and then you make minor tweaks yeah. as things goes on. When you're um when you're doing visual art or you're sculpting or anything along those lines, it's almost always a thing where you know what it looks like or you can see in your head how it's going to go game design is strange because it only exists when players play the game um if you can't play test you don't have a game i can guess how certain systems are going to work but it's much harder and much more abstract to make that work properly what makes a good game i'm gonna, and I'm gonna steal this line from uh, quentin smith from shut up and sit down but it's absolutely true Good games are made out of interesting decisions. Mm. Uh, if your game does not have interesting decisions, it's not a good game. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter if it's an escape room or Monopoly or Guess Who or literally any board game on the market out there, no matter what you would classify as a game. If it, good games are made out of interesting decisions. Mm. Um, so they can be, they might not be good decisions, they can be bad decisions. Like, for example, this horrible thing has happened. Which bad thing do you want to have happen? This awful thing or this other awful thing? Um, or, hey, um, congratulations, you did a good job. Here's a bonus. Do you wish to have this bonus box or that bonus box? Mm. Sort of a thing. Um, if you, um, and the reason why this is important is because of what happens if you don't do that. Imagine, if you will, for example, we're playing a, a let's say, um, a resource management game, mm-hmm. right? In which we're trying to get as many uh, widgets as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you want to get widgets, I want to get widgets. On the in the middle of the table, there's um, um, a bunch of cards, right? And um, we, I'm going to pick a card, then you're going to pick a card. Um, so it's your turn, and there's a bunch of cards on the table. One of the cards says, "If you pick this card, get five widgets." 
There's another card that says, if you pick this card, get one widget. Um, and that's all the context you need to pick this decision. Which card do you pick? The one to the right. I'm sorry? Wait, say that one more time. <laughs> yeah, so, like, a bunch of cards in the middle of the table, right? One of them says, get five widgets if you pick this card. Mm. The other one says, get one widget if you get this card. Which of the cards do you want? Which of the one with the five widgets. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Because why on earth would you ever pick the one when you can pick the five? Yes. If we're just getting widgets here. And... That's because that felt like a decision. Mm. It wasn't a decision. That wasn't an interesting decision. Mm. Um, and therefore, because since the answer is obvious, it wasn't a decision. You pick that card, it's yours. Mm. And, 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 and there we go. Now, imagine, though, instead that we've got two cards. W once again, one says get five, one says get one. But the one that says get five says get five right now. The other one that says get one says get one for every turn for the rest of the game. They're one for every turn in the rest of the game. Maybe, maybe Depends not. Depends on the situation. Maybe you need a bunch of widgets right now. Mm. Maybe the game's not super long, and and so you need to be to like puzzle out. Can you make the game last long enough to make that second card worth it? Mm. Uh, maybe it's super early in the game, and actually the one every turn is absolutely the right choice. Mm. Or maybe like it's a you need a bunch now because you need because yeah sure slowly over time is great but in the amount of time it takes for you to get all that all those widgets i will have gotten those five widgets and use those widgets to make 17 other things mm. that has basically screwed you over so that great you get one per turn but like i got to get all of my stuff now mm. that's an interesting decision at that point mm. and good games are made out of interesting decisions because mm. okay. non-interesting decisions aren't decisions they are moving an algorithm basically it's just uh it's just like a stockpiling of things mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why my escape rooms would often get better reviews than other escape rooms is because in my rooms you can take as many hints as you want mm. but each hint you take costs you points so what do you what do you got planned for the future bro I think going forward, I uh, m my escape room is closed because of COVID, mm. um, and I'm uh, I'm looking to like reo uh, uh, reopen a facility or do something along those lines. But in the meantime, I have an interesting interesting thought. I I currently operate the biggest uh, um, uh, board game festival in all of San Diego, mm. um, and I'm running a big thing for creatives actually in a couple months. But my plan is this. Until I get to the point where I've got enough resources to reopen my escape rooms and make my real-world theme park again um, with escape rooms and games and such happening inside of them, I intend to um, have a thing where um, I'm thinking about making like a stable of board games. Hmm. Board game publishing is brutal. Um, making money off of it is nearly impossible. Everyone who, who publishes board games uh, has a second job, usually. Hmm. Um, but... I'm working on board games that uh, take a whole room, an escape room-sized room, and you can commission it out for your party or corporate team building or wherever it is you're going to do it. Um, and so I'm making a stable of games that um, can work with that. So I have a game called The Floor is Lava, which I actually ran for three years as a massive installation in San Diego. It's a classic game. It's a classic It game. is, but this one involves murder. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like half real the, murder? Half the players are on your team, half the players are not on your team. You have to okay. figure out who's on your team and who's lying to you before your friends decide you can't be trusted, and they shove you into an actual like lake of lava that's made out of rubber wood chips. What's the name of that game with the stranger the, or the imposter? Um, Among Us. Among Us, yeah. Same family of games. Okay, where? Except that, except that instead of one bad person and everybody else is good, half the players are on your team and half of them aren't. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So it's kind of like uh, like a Halo when you like camp or some shit. I don't but know, you don't know who's who. <laughs> and so you're on an island with somebody else. And by the way, these islands actually sink into the, into the floor. Like these are actual, like this is a whole full installation game I made for three for three years in San Diego. Yeah. Um. And awesome. <laughs> you're an island with somebody else and being like, hey, uh, what team are you on? I don't know. What team are you on? Well, I'm on your team. Yeah, sure you are, fucker. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to fucking push you into the lava. No, 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 I'm on red team. You're on red team? Are you really? You're really on red team. Really? For sure? Cool. I'm also on red team. I won't kill you. Um, and then it's like, turns out they were lying to you the whole time. Mm. Um, and like two rounds in, they hip check you into the lava that's out of nowhere. Great. That's so cool. So I have games like that. 
uh, that I'm going to remake into a mobile edition. Okay. And I'm intending to kickstart that soon, actually. Word. And bring that to my conventions. Word, bro. So we're doing that in like a stable of like four or five other games, and then I'm going to use those as a basis in order to rebuild um, my um, facilities and make a my uh, theme park real. Word. So yeah. So, uh, bro, I just want to give you your flowers one more time. I'm going to ask you for social media, but like, dude, you're fucking, you're so cool. You're like a cool ass motherfucker, bro. And like, I was like, yo, like from the first day, just going and rocking the top hat. I have a lot of questions about the top hat, but you also have like a board game party upstairs we're about to go to. But dude, you, I just got matters, and thank you, thank you for all you put into this place, man. And like, of course. And yo, you just, and I, I appreciate you, man, just because like, you just you like take a risk, and you're an artist with like a very specific medium, and yeah, man, <sighs> and it's fucking, you're good, dude. You're really good, dude. Nah, stop it. Dude, so. Well, where can we find you on social media? Uh, I am everywhere at Puzzlerium. So that's P-U-Z-Z-A-L-A-R-I-U-M. Um, I'm at Puzzlerium.com is the best place to go because there I have a newsletter that I actually put effort into because social media is garbage. Um, and newsletters, <laughs> newsletters no one can take away from me. So I actually put all my effort into that. Uh, and I it's, put a, out, it's a good, it's a good medium. And anybody two, between of marketing and anybody who is trying to make a brand, I I implore you get off of Twitter or now X. Substack, Substack, Substack is fine, but here's the thing: Substack, Substack goes away, you go away. So get the news, get the emails. Shout out to the Twitter newsletter thing that Elon fucking took my 55 people. I miss you all. Oh, um, yeah. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, but, I never but, wrote a single news. But, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm hypothetically on threads and TikTok. But mostly I'm on YouTube at, uh, at Puzzlerium. Okay. Um, but the best way to, um, to uh, know about my stuff or everything is my newsletter, which you can find at Puzzlerium.com. Stevenson, ladies and gentlemen, Afternoon FM. You stay beautiful people. Stevenson, thank you. Cheers.